Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. One, two, one, two, what's going on? This is at Marcus with the CK Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G. You're tuned in to uh, the Mindfuck Podcast. It's MND FCK Podcast. Here on Full Service Radio at the beautiful Line Hotel in lovely, wonderful Adams Morgan, Northwest Washington, D.C. Uh, before we get into the podcast, here's a quick note. Uh, MND FCK, fill in the vowels, is a broadcast aimed at discovering how, in the midst of chaos, to live our safest, sanest, most consensual, and sustainable lives. This is a conversation that lacks rules. We'll say and do whatever we want, but there will be decency defined by protocol every step of the way. Uh, just to give you a sense of who I am, I'm Marcus K. Dowling. I'm a uh, journalist. I'm a creative director. I was once a creative director at Decades Nightclub. I have currently um, a freelance writer. I've written for places like The Fader and for Vice and for Complex all over the map, uh, Washington City Paper as well. And uh, for the purposes of this episode, one of my favorite queer-related events of all time that I ever attended in Washington, D.C. Was, was the debut of LaRue at Town Nightclub in 2010. Long before LaRue was booked anywhere else, they were booked the town first. So that was a fascinating little time. Uh, as far as my co-host, she's right here and she's wonderful. Testing, one, two, three. Hey, kids. It's Domina Vontana, at Domina Vontana on all the places. Um, I'm a professional dominatrix. That means I'm a sex worker in Washington, D.C. I'm also a university yes, lecturer. <laughs> I've really been pushing. It's been a couple of days, right? <laughs> I got a report for you all. Yeah. Um, and uh, I am headed out west again by the middle of the summer. So if you're in the Bay Area, check me out. And I am going to Argentina for three weeks in September. Sweet. So I would really like to meet some people <laughs> from South America while I'm down there. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing about travel is checking out the local community and like, you know, how the different cultures add a twist to BDSM. Right. In all these different wonderful regions in the world where I instantly have friends. I just have to sign on to FetLife. Sometimes it's not bad being kinky. <laughs> it's never bad. <laughs> but okay, so please introduce yourself. Oh, hi. My <laughs> name is Desiree Dick. I'm from Washington, D.C. What neighborhood? Um, call me Hacks, actually. I just Fabulous. Like, walked and skipped over here. <laughs> she sure did. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, on today's episode... Pride Month. Um, there are some amazing things that have been happening as far as increased marginalized representation in an ever mainstreaming queer community. Two things that popped in my head before we get into the conversation is first that uh, Evie Oddity mm. won RuPaul's Drag Race season 11. And also Mr. Jack Thompson won Mr. International Leather, yes. trans man of color, which is astounding and an incredible, incredible moment. So um, Des, let's start with you. Um, let's, let's give have us a your, little background. Yeah, a little background on My you. My background. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm actually from Falls Church, Virginia. Just a little Latin boy. Um, I was actually born here, but then I was raised in Peru, and then I was I came back at when I was ten, then I was sixteen, then I was homeless, and uh, went to high school, and then I found a little white boy who fell in love with me and told me to support my dreams, and now here I am. I'm a drag queen. Wow. Right. <laughs> so, so what does that mean for you right now? 
Uh, drag actually means a lot to me. It actually kind of made me feel more loved of myself and to be more open and crazy. Because I really, like, as a boy, I'm really have no filter. <laughs> I talk really loud. I say all the, what the fuck I we want. We couldn't wait to have you right. on. <laughs> and I make no motherfucking sense when I host, so people love it. And, um... I forgot my question, but yeah, it what does like, it mean? What does it mean to you right now? Like, what but, does that mean? Um, drag as pride means just so much to me. With drag, it just makes me feel so alive. Mm-hmm. I black out every time I perform. It makes me feel <gasps> yep. um, like the energy. And um, someone told me, or I heard somewhere, is like if you don't get nervous before performing or doing something that you love to do, that means that you don't care enough. And every fucking time, I piss myself, and I'm ex- <laughs> and, and yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You know, every time I perform at the DC Eagle, Pictures, Cobalt, um, Town, when I used to do my own shows at Uproar, like, it's just, I get nervous, but I just love it because I love um, doing this thing called Alternative Drag. It has a name now. Yeah, break, mm-hmm. break that down because EV Oddity is like doing big things for yes. Alternative Drag. So explain that to people because that's going to be like the biggest thing, I think. Yes. Forthcoming. Um, so with her winning and also Dragula Season 3 coming out, I think, in August... Uh, it's kind of putting the alternative scene out and, and forward into the community. Um, I would say that I'm trying my best here in D.C. because there's like a lot of pageant girls and alternative uh, people who are new. But thanks to Evie, kind of like exploitates kind of like what Sharon Needles did back in season four. Mm-hmm. Kind of says, hey, we exist. There's something beautiful and crazy and fun about celebrating where the punk and roughness of drag actually started, a.k.a. with Divine as well in Baltimore. Um, it kind of like says, you know, kind of wake up for our, our roots where it kind of goes back with uh, Stonewall and, tra- and the, our trans uh, protectors who started uh, the, the fight for pride and all those other things. Like it's just alternative drag kind of is like the revolution of pride where we just shout, hey, we're here, we're queer, fuck it. We're here to get crazy and we're going to show you. <laughs> you can join us and we're going to just show love to you, right? Yes. Right. That's all it is. So, it, yeah, so as far as representation goes with that, like how do you feel when you're presenting in front of like okay, cuz I feel like especially in DC, you have this like breakout queer yeah. community. Like there's a lot of like people that are new to the community yes. who are coming out and then coming into culture. And then for you as a gatekeeper, I feel like you're a gatekeeper, which is why I was glad that you're yeah. here. How long so, have you been doing drag, right. Oh, um, I've been doing it for four, almost five. Um, yeah. I started when I was like 18 a little bit. I dabbled in it. But You're a baby. You're 23. I'm 26. Wow. <laughs> Forget my age. You, I'm 26 <laughs> now. Every second. Groundhog's Day. <laughs> of course you're an Aquarius, you little alien. I know, right? Such an alien. I, know. I love it. That's perfect. It is the vibe. We begin the age of Aquarius officially in 2024. Yep. 26, something like that. It's right around the corner, kids. Right. So she's here just in time. <laughs> so as far as for like people who are coming out and coming into this culture and coming yes. into this scene, like how do you feel about like when you like present and represent yourself and being able to like pull people in who may feel uncomfortable? Yeah. So um, what I try to do a lot with like the weird alternative drag is I want to show a lot of um, non-binary performers, trans performers, and drag queens that we are all a community who loves drag and that uh, we should just express ourselves. That's what drag really is. And start, yes, we can be beautiful. And some people have not approved that alternative drag side, 
but uh, where it's like other genders, as you used to say, that used to perform as well. And I kind of love that shit. I love when a woman can <laughs> do did. her things. You know, there's so many non-performers, mm-hmm. non-binary performers, and, and uh, women who perform, and I fucking are amazed, like here in Baltimore as well. And um, it just, uh, for me as a gatekeeper, is to kind of show when I started. Um, I was kind of dimbled into the weird of alternative drag, but some people kind of found it really weird and offensive, which I kind of turned me on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like kind of poking at the bear at some of them, but I loved it. And, you know, I did a competition and I was... So provocative. Exactly. Yeah. I loved... I felt like drag is just the power to do what the fuck you want. It's like a stage. I used to be... Uh, uh, a theater performer so that's also kind of like my side of being creative oh my god it. that explains everything we're gonna get to that in a exactly. moment exactly the, okay. the theater people I are horny yeah that yeah, makes sense and so then um i just wanted to uh do all these crazy stuff to just open a to show crowds that there's also types of drag because when i started uh, it was like the beautiful girls and stuff and some of them kind of didn't i don't, don't want to be shady but like they didn't approve of me and i want to be negative but I decided to just kind of create my own path and kind of like look for my own spaces that I wanted to create. And then that's when I came out at, at, at Uproar and I started doing these shows on Thursdays. And um, I started booking tons of the new girls who are now professionals who have gigs as well. And I kind of wanted to show that, you know, you can be a different type of drag queen and have a different kind of perspective in drag. I think that's me as my job as well is now. Because <laughs> after four years, apparently, when I don't see the results, apparently uh, people say that uh, my name's around the, the city. And I'm kind of happy with it. You Your know? reputation precedes you. Yeah, so I didn't know. You know, Every time someone says a dildo, they're like, that's Desiree. So I'm like, oh, thank you. I actually held a dildo <laughs> in my hand. At the first performance where I ever witnessed your magic. Oh, oh. I mean, yeah, it's accurate. That's all I'm saying. It happened. It, ha- it happens, and it happened to me first time out. Yeah. Right. I didn't try too hard, <laughs> by the I way. I just, like, stepped it in. <laughs> it's fine. It was amazing. And I, you know, and I think uh, as you were seeing us coming into, like, the club that you were in, and then you saw me, mm-hmm. after you saw other types of performers... It kind of makes you see, like, oh, wait, there's a girl who can be pretty. There's a um, non-binary. There's a jacking. And there's some weird alternative bitch who's, like, dropping babies and throwing dildos at people. You know? Love it. Love it. So as far as thinking about this in a mainstream space. Yeah. Which it is now. Um, it's unquestionable. Like, RuPaul's Drag Race is a, is a franchise. Unto oh, itself. it is. It's so. So when you think about, like, how you present and how that exp- how that exists in like a mainstream culture yeah like do you think about that and like does that like make you feel awkward strange weird whatever um it it, it is kind of because uh, we live in a i don't want to like insult everyone but we live in a pc world a little bit you know and um drag kind of becomes a little more educated and more fine for the young audience or what drag race is putting up but there's there's also that that stuff that i love to do with like divine where she eats a poop in the movie from the doggy and you know i like seeing all that crazy filth because that's what it is i like the punk and i feel like it's helping drag um to some queens who can get on but some of us um if you don't have the big following of what drag race is like if you don't have a uh, a drag race girl at your show not uh, literally I've seen gays who I've never ever seen in my in my drag shows ever come out like rats and cockroaches like girl <laughs> RuPaul girl and then I literally do one show and I'm like 
come local drag and some like some show up but like i'm like god damn guys like you know that's why you gotta support local drag or we die and that's so what the happened. drag queens are having a similar experience to what the lesbian community went through yeah we got mainstreamed which was good overall but like as an individual community under that umbrella we kind of got the short end of the stick now i, I don't know who to talk to at a club yeah. You know, like, she she could be with him or not with him, or he could be with her, or she could be... Like, there's no way of knowing, and the point is, that's the good part. The not-so-simple part is that all the straight couples come out now. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's cool to be at the gay club, and not in a weird way anymore. Like, it's very integrated, but, yeah. but I don't know anymore. Yeah, you don't know who like, to fight Yeah, and so... It raised the bar, but made it more difficult for me while making it better for everybody else. And yeah. sometimes I kind of want them to be like, hey, hold on for a moment, guys. Yeah, safe <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's always like that, you know. Whoops, the, the there go all the lesbian the, bars. Yeah. Which is, again, back to Marcus's point on almost every episode about how gay DC is. It is a bit crazy. We've got yeah. those two sports bars within a mile of each other. And we've got a league of our own around the corner, which is the best bar to live down the street from as and the let me woman say, that I am at this moment in my I, life. Very happy with the arrangement. And let me say, like, drag queens are like little roaches. One bar closes, we literally look for one fucking place to just take over and call it queer, or even if it's straight, we will make a queer So where night. are you, where's everybody at right now? So I know, like, um... What see, spaces have you recently taken over? Well, me slash run. Um, uh, slash run Talk is... slash run real fast. I have to the, have yeah. a moment with slash run. Yeah, yeah. It holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. Yes. I saw my first band there, my first punk band, the Muckrakers, and now they're like my friends. Like we go and see movies together when I'm in New York. It is. It's changed my life. And Slash Run is beautiful. That giant round light blue <laughs> buttoned vinyl couch that like is dying for a photo Very shoot. You're right. It's all great. And I really like the neighborhood. There's something about that spot. It's so unseen. Yeah, it's like right next to the cemetery. So after you oh. eat a burger and you die of heaven, you just <laughs> put yourself in there. It's amazing. So you have punk bands there. We have punk bands, and we have drag shows, we have burgers, all types of stuff. Um, I started recently working there because uh, I, I used to work with kids, and then I kind of, um, I did drag, and I kind of, like, stopped working, kind of realization myself, look for my, you know, my new experience after being 26, and I was like, I need a new job. <laughs> and uh, for me, I kind of just like experimenting all right. different, different things. I'm versed in my drag, and I'm versed in bed, and I love doing all different types of jobs. And I kind of wanted to go back to, like, Slash Run kind of spoke to me. It's like this small... I get it. Right? This is a small yeah. little queer bar. It's tiny. It's homey. Um, the staff is really great. The food is delicious when you're, like, you're there or drunk or when you don't need it. You still keep stuff in your fa- face. has all these events. And then they let me do a drag show after... Um, I didn't really have a space to do more drag. Right. And they kind of accept the grungy, fun, fucked-up drag that we have, which is Desiree Dick's Oddball that I've uh, recently made. I think we've done, like, the fourth, fifth show there right now. When's the next show? Uh, it should be uh, June 27th. I'm still booking for any queer artists mm. who want to come and perform. The stage is open. I feel like this, I like to do is just message me and fucking perform. Like, because you never know who the fuck is going to perform and like literally blow your mind and then they're gonna love this and pursue it as a career you know and that's what i love to do i i just like to turn people on yeah to drag it it takes you know (laughs) it it gets me a little hard on when i see like a good fun performance and people enjoy it 
Um, because it's like some things that you regularly don't see, which is a girl walking in her dress and doing a pop 20, 40 song. You see someone, you know, drinking stuff, uh, pulling things out of balloons, stuff in dildos, throwing balloons, like artistic things. Uh, someone talking about, I think there was uh, a performance about um, trans rights in the military that someone did because they were trans men. There was. Yeah. I remember seeing the flyer. Yeah. So it's like amazing to just see all these. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Slash run. I love it. I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm going to go check it back out again. So if I told you that 10% of the city was queer right now, how would that make you feel? A little sad, because I feel like more people should be more queer. 70,000 people, though, in Washington, D.C. Oh, 70,000. I thought that was lower. We, no, should, we need more. But that's crazy, right? Right. And, and so you being somebody who's 26. DMV or district proper? District proper. <laughs> 700,000 oh. people. One in 10. 70,000 people. It's crazy. So, like, having grown up here and seeing what it is now. Yeah. The difference, the evolution of that. Because that's, that's, cause, cause for me, I'm 41. Uh-huh. So oh, my like, God, I, really? Yeah. Damn, you sexy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but no, oh, so, yeah. so yeah, so as far as... This is the episode where we needed video. Right, as far as 25 years ago and now seeing where it is now, like that, like that evolution. Because yeah. I've seen it twice, so it's fascinating for me because it's like nobody. Yeah. And like having to walk around the streets of DuPont, like wondering like what, what's going on, like where, where is this? And then, and then accidentally discovering Southwest, and you're like, okay, what's this? But now it's like every corner on almost every block of every neighborhood in the city, there's something that's happening that is queer adjacent or directly queer friendly. Yeah. So there's I'm, something about that. Like, well, I mean, when I was 18, I literally was, I was raised here since when I was 10. And then 18, I experienced like town was my first club. And I saw Cobalt and then so on. And then becoming a drag queen gave me more perspective of the community and all the type of queer people. And we definitely have grown, even though we've lost some places. Um, right. I mean, like I said, we evolved are, evolution. We we pregnant <laughs> each other and continue with more of our plan, but uh, they are spread everywhere, and yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it because I feel like DC is so liberal, so fun. And well, gay people live in every neighborhood now. Yeah, so they should have a place to go that doesn't require two hours of their life to get there on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like now, either you sometimes either have to like dance floor over like it's either Baltimore, or you go up in Baltimore or something in Virginia or. Uh, there's one bar. Right. That's it. Like, you know. Did they bring the eagle back? Uh, DC Eagle, yeah. But oh, it's DC so, Eagle, It's yes. so far, too. It's out there. Yeah. What, it, Ward 7? Yeah. Like, yeah. For real? Yeah. It all depends yeah. on people, though. No, we, like, we, we, were, we, we, were, we were we were burying my mother. We were taking passed care away. of business. Mm-hmm. And we drove over the bridge. Yeah. And I was like, wait, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, it's like hitting it was under really, the bridge. Here? It was really He's funny. Like, oh, yeah. No, it was hysterical because we were driving over the bridge, I going to sh- Stewart's funeral home, and she goes, is that? No I'm way, like, man. Just yeah, shaking that's my eagle. head. That's the eagle. It's right I'm like under the bridge yeah. behind a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wild. You've been. <laughs> I I've been. You know. Mm. That's what you look for. I mean, come on. Desiree Day, I love a little leather. Mm. I love Don't a little dark we room. Oh. Very dark yeah. room. Right. So, I wanted to ask about in your background, like, yeah. you have a theatrical background. Yes. How does that impact your performance style? What theatrical background? I want details. So, I mean, I did a few things, like Little Shop of Horrors. At my, shout out to Jeb Stewart High School and my teacher. What, 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 what character were you in Little Shop? Um, I was like... <laughs> I was a hooker in the corner. I wasn't really much of I know. Of course right? you were. I know. They were like, the gay one, be the hooker in the corner with the wig. And I was like, sure, bitch. I'll fucking do it. I'll be the homeless <laughs> one. 
Um, but I did um, also like a few like um, music man. I okay. was Tommy, the little boy who was in love with this girl, and I was like with my little emo hair. Um, couldn't sing at all. Can't sing, but had to learn lyrics, which is what literally actually theater is all about. You right. know, learning lyrics, um, costuming, makeup, uh, and uh, a persona. Right. You know. So it kind of like taught me like how to act or how to like learn a few things about Shakespeare, which is connected all to drag uh, magically. History. So um, I did all that stuff. I did history. Yeah, there's some LGBT history for you. Right. <laughs> this is the month for it. <laughs> exactly. Shakespeare. Look at it. Look it up. Google. Um, but then after that, I stopped doing it. Actually, okay. I stopped doing theater because I kind of had a family issue with my mom and my dad and um, me being gay and all these other things. And then um, I kind of was taking uh, care with my fiance, uh, not my fiance, sorry, my boyfriend, my first boyfriend and my friends. And they took me in and um, his my first boyfriend's uncle, quotation marks, because it's like a gay friend who became his uncle right. for his mom. And he gave one of my birthdays. I kind of stopped doing um I was gonna be doing Into the Woods, okay. and I was—I got—I was gonna be the dad or some some other, and I couldn't do it, and I was really sad because I like theater. And then he, he gave me a birthday gift, which was go to Freddy's at 18 and do drag, <laughs> and then that's where it started. Girl, yes, that's astounding. I Good for it. you. All right, so, yeah, so for yeah. those that don't know, Freddy's is in Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. And um, it's not—it's like 15 from downtown DC, and it's the straight-friendly gay bar. That has a year-round rainbow beach theme. Yes. And the food's pretty damn good, and, and the drinks are strong. And, and they the have crowd Barbies. Is great. And they have a piano, and they play it. Barbies all over the, the wall, yeah. if you saw it. I almost have with Barbies. I love dolls, babies. And if you don't like beach food, the best kebab joint is on the corner. Yes. And they have some really good drag, which is very, like, royal and pageantry, which I really like, which yeah. is... Where I came from as and well. And the queens have been there forever. Ever. I feel about I'm sure old. Forever. If you could explain to people the difference between the suburban drag scene here in D.C. Like Frederick. Wait, where, what? Like huh? Frederick, like Frederick, Northern Virginia, as opposed to doing it in the city. Because I know that there's a difference. Yeah. I mean, like, I've traveled around, too. I got lucky to travel to, like, L.A., Texas, New York, uh, Philly, D.C., and Virginia and seen all the types of drag. It all depends. Like, it depends where the venues are and it depends how far things are. Um, in Richmond, it's kind of like a small... But kind of weird scene, but pretty scene at the same time combined. You must kill it in Richmond because I know Richmond is like yes. a huge. What's like, the name of the club again in Richmond? Uh, oh my God! I know Babes of Caritown's a drag show. I know Chicky Farm and her. But um, there's a drag bar in cheesy. Richmond. What? I know about Babes. We'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. But no, so I was because I want to make sure people understand. Like, if you're looking for this. There's a different type of atmosphere. Yes. When you go to like certain places that are not like hyper urban cities like it's just a different thing yeah so like the drag is just uh it all depends it's all mix and mingle dc has like it's divided baltimore's more grungy right um chicago godfrey's 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 that's the drag bar in richmond it's tiny make those reservations yes my recommendation yes um my i guess quotation my drag mom katrina colva is from there as well she's like a dancer pretty queen who taught me how to do makeup bad at it when i was at in the beginning so i'm glad she was there but it's <laughs> I'm laughing and <laughs> I share your pain. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Weren't we all, darling? You're right. Until we learn how to better blend. But us, us orphans out here on the street, 
Nobody to teach us, just trying to get by and no. be pretty. And my boyfriend's a liar, too. This bitch told me every time I went out, he's like, you look great. My eyebrows looking all the way to my forehead. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. Now I'm deleting the damn picture. I'm like, you lied to me. He's like, I can't lie to you. I just wanted you to be more, you know, supportive. And I'm like, you know, for me, I guess is He sounds uh, super sweet. He is very sweet. He's very sweet. He's the reason why I'm, you know, still doing drag. But speaking of still the drag community... Uh, but yeah, everything's like so different. If you want to take your pick, I guess it depends on the, who you want to follow. Like right. for me, if you want to, I, I feel like I kind of give a different of a lot of different drag. Um, if you want to follow like a different pageant queens, you know, follow Freddie's. Um, if you want to do something like different with leather, like a burlesque, like Baby has a show uh, at, the, at the Baltimore Eagle and Matrosexual, which I'm in um, on the 15th. Um, it's all types of drag queens, like all types of drag. And it was nominated recently for best um, drag Baltimore show uh, of this year because it just has so many queer artists. We can sell merchandise, which I was selling there, said promote there. But um, it's just like if you want to just see old types of drag, I think it's just you have to follow old types of the drags that you see. I don't know. I can't really explain it. It's just everything's everywhere with drag. Yeah. So it's about the cult. It's yeah. about yeah. who do you follow and wherever they go, you follow them. It is. Right. Like if you follow me, you'll see Sasha Mann, Bellatrix, Ramsey Thrift. Uh, uh, you'll see, you know, if you follow like Christina Kelly, you'll see like the, the more pretty drag, like Crystal Edge, Katrina Colby. You know, um, if you do like Freddy's, you'll see Ophelia Bottoms and Regina George and um, all these type of drag So queens. this is your full-time job. You're putting yeah. on shows. My job is to literally learn every goddamn drag queen name so I can mingle, mm-hmm. uh, bar, shows, events, message people. Um, and for me, I don't... I kind of go out and make my own bookings instead of, like, just, like, uh, pick the biggest bar to kind of, like, pay me. Because I'm an alternative drag queen. Not everyone really likes alternative drag. So it's kind of hard. So that's why I've become very versatile. I have to be really beautiful and pretty and in a gown, but then I can be really creepy. And I like to do that because I like to people surprise should lo- people. People should look at your Instagram. Like, yeah. Like you do a great Thank job at like, curating that, like to show all the looks. Yeah. So looks. that's what that's what I want to do. You know, I want right. people to know that drag is not just like being beautiful, but it's also about being weird, which opens more space for other alternative queens here in D.C. Because I know for sure there's other uh, in other states their fucking alternative drag is massive. What city is known for its alternative Like drag? LA, Chicago, I was say, I think Denver Brooklyn, is where um, Denver. Eviati's from. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Denver, well, now, yeah. Um, I know um, Texas a little bit. They have the Austin Drag Festival. Austin, I was going to say, yeah. Yes, I performed there. Bushwig at New York City. Shout out to Bushwig. I performed there twice. And I just see so many like different performances, and it's just amazing. And that's what I love. I just love it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm a big fan of like Drag Race and Dragula or anyone who performs like weird queer artists. It's just I love it. It just makes me fall in love because it's like I just really die. Qu- question for you: Pose. What does it mean? <gasps> I'm gonna cry. I love. <laughs> <laughs> what, is I- it, what is it? What does it mean? And why is it important? Oh my god! Because it's part of our history. It's I mean, it's some of it might be like all fake and shit because of the names and stuff. But like the whole thing, like the whole meaningful of um, fighting with HIV and um, how us as queer artists people had to like hide away and um, how transgender people had to like be played like they're dolls because you know they're not human or whatever it's just like i literally me and my fiance were watching it was like do you want to cry tonight i was like yeah okay pose it's just 
it, it just has so much meaningful, and I, I understand why I'm excited for season two because. Well, it touches on a lot of topics. One you brought up earlier, which is the homelessness that LGBT youth experience. Yeah. And then um, among the leather people, we also will have DS and hierarchy. So we do groups or clans or tribes or family by choice a lot. And you saw that impose like a different version of it, like the queer vanilla version of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was funny because um, for so long it was Paris is Burning. It was like yeah. the thing. That, how, many time, how many times have you seen Paris is Burning? I watched it four times and then I told Slashrun to do a viewing party. I just, I love it. Beautiful. So I feel like now it's, for, for a whole generation has passed. Yeah. And now there's this like, piece that adds to it so you can piece it together in a way and there's like modern elements that yeah. are imposed that kind of like take this thing and pass it along so I, that's cool to me and it's funny because it's like we're like picking little rocks and figuring out more about like the history in a t- in television right you know because like the queer art is in the books but you know we not everyone's every gay person is going to open a goddamn book and be like i'm going to read about the queer art <laughs> I just say. Not when they don't have to. Right? Exactly. So, you know, at least making it mainstream and making people watch and, like, understand where we're coming from. Because Pride, we are taking it, you know, lightly here when back in the day they were sneaking around and fighting and getting beaten up. And I couldn't even be drag, like, doing drag like I'm doing now, you know, and being all in mainstream. Like, back in the day we were hidden in one little thing and we should be lucky we have a place and we were sitting ducks just waiting yeah. for the next raid because mm-hmm. you knew it was coming you just didn't know when no right so and i wanted to ask uh, again to that because i feel like everybody should watch the show at least once yes like literally every person on planet earth should watch the show at least once. you can make any episode. connection with any character I right feel like so when was the moment that you realized that what they were doing was real? Janet Mock is the lead writer and she's a amazing trans you know woman and activist and it's amazing and writer. The, the writer is the writing on that show is so real. Yeah. Like, what was the moment when you watched it and you said, "They they did that." Wow. Yeah. Um, you know when the way they were just talking, really, like yeah. the dialogue between um, I can't remember names. I'm sorry, but it's the guy who um, yells the categories. Yeah. Um, and Played by Billy Porter. Right. Yes. Um, he and like his story and how people were treated, um, like just the dialogue that they were just like very angry of how the world like were seeing them. Yeah. Um, it like really hurt because it kind of also brought me back to like when I was a young kid, you know, and like I actually was bullied. So like, um, it kind of like it just like the way they talked is just like we're we all have a different path, right. but we have we go through the same shit. Right. Even though it's different, you know, and I, the, the way he was in the hospital crying and, you know, the that way whole, they were that talking. That whole episode when they sang the song and the whole thing. Yeah. No, I, for me, it was at the dinner table when he's been drunk for oh like a Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so his name is Preto. Yeah. Yeah, it's Preto. Sorry. And it's played by Billy Porter. And right. um, that was, he schooled those children. And it was righteous. Like, there was every ounce of that anger was righteous and mm-hmm. if he's incredible and I feel like we need that too you as, know? A, as an actor and a performer I think that like Scream kind of like is also a Scream to like the world to kind of like shake it up and say you know like hey we're all queer and if we have something within us we should be accepted no matter what you know it was a great like sc- Scream for people just like wake up bitch it's great I just think it matters because they cast trans actors and roles that were portraying trans yeah. people 
And the BDSM community is still waiting for that to happen. Oh. Talking to you, Netflix, <laughs> with your bullshit bonding series. Oh my god, I saw that. It was just like comedic. the dominatrix was a gimmick. If you watch it, the show is really about her gay sidekick, who's the main character. Yeah. The story arc is his development and experiences. It wasn't. And nothing. it's just like they couldn't even dress that girl right. It's sad, 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 sad. Yeah, what they're doing. They need to teach more better bonding, I guess. Yeah. Just so, uh, I guess the question is to both of you then. Sorry. Well, that's all good. <laughs> um, what's the next evolution of this? Where does this all go? Because now everybody is in the room. Uh-huh. Trans people, gay people, drag queens. You know, yeah. Leather community. BDSM, it's all in the room. Sex workers. Sex workers. Everybody is in the room. And everybody's staring at each other now. Yeah. I mean, the room's split. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like the Lions lobby. It's like everybody on the left and everybody on the right. And, everybody, and nobody's in the middle. Mm-hmm. So what happens next? Because, Trample. No, I'm just kidding. Because, because, because where, where Slash Run is, mm-hmm. you see a lot of basic motherfuckers. I do. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. I said I liked that neighborhood. <laughs> you just do. Like, it's like, you know, like two folks who just moved in who come coming from Valparaiso. And they're That's like true. Sitting it's Pathwork. All the kids, yeah. all the children. Right. So, and they're looking at, and you're the first of you that they've ever seen in real life up close, shaking hands. Yeah. So it's like, what happens next? You know, um, I feel like with the mainstream and drag and pose and then, you know, drag being more um, crazy. And I feel like with Evie's win as well, um, I think we're, we're like a greater of our step in getting closer of maybe uh, putting our gay agenda down and uh, kind of hopefully pushing for more equality, more neutralization, right. I feel like. Um, because I feel like I'm not a believer in any Christian and stuff or whatever, but I do believe that, um, I feel like the test is, um, for the world is just to kind of like, just treat each other like humans. Like we literally are, you know, whatever we're coming from, really, we're, we're seeing all these things in the past It's basically we relate to now and then drag involving that, you know, people are, are being more ex- uh, accepting of things. And I feel like it's just a step is to kind of just like kind of neutralize it and say we're just living in one world that we just need to kind of learn. I feel like that's the lesson is to just like take care of each other and learn. For me, it's about crossing the aisle. I'm not sure I like that phrase, but there's a lot of it going around right now. Yeah. So Mayor Pete went on Fox News. Right. right? I still haven't watched the clip. Don't quiz me. No, it's it's, a, it's, it's a fabulous clip. It's every it's everything that you would think. <laughs> Pete being But I think that's what's next. Like they can't tell you to leave the room. Perfect example. Yesterday, the moment we wrap up the the um, uh, introduction, you know, the rally, the Uh protest for the decrim bill um, that Grosso just introduced this morning to the chamber for the second time. It's a revised version and he has like three or three times as many um, coalition members this time. It's great. And we got a last minute co signed sponsor by the chair of the committee that did not bring it to the floor last time. So there's a lot of hope that it will actually come to the floor this time. Unfortunately, I think the testimony is going to be in September when I'm out of the country in Argentina. Uh-huh. I'm going to try and ride in. Yeah, you but um, immediately afterwards, Madam, my precocious, preco- help me out here, precocious. Yes. My precocious mentor, mm-hmm. Madam C was like, hey, Trump Tower's right here, let's go. Okay, so I just came from a sex worker rally. (laughs) So I'm wearing a Spanx slip with a fishnet over it. 
and knee-high leather stomping boots. Yeah, looked like I was all waiting for Trump to come. And the thing is, there's only like one person in this world that has that authority, and it's her. Like, if it's not, she would never tell me to do something that wasn't for my good. That's yeah. also part of it. So I just say yes. So here we go into fucking Trump Tower in the mm-hmm. middle of the day to do what? Have a beer like everybody else, including the woman in the sparkle sequins, red, white, and blue American flag ankle boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That did make me want to be her friend. Like, I mean, she had some sort of sequence going on. And uh, we sat down and had a beer after, like, five different security guards took their chance, like, swooping in and swooping out. And here's Madam just marching across the whole goddamn carpet. Must have been 80 feet wide. You know how giant that atrium is. Place was gorgeous. I had a good time. The beer was great. The shit was expensive. We were like, hey. And that's it. So now we just keep taking up space. We just got in the room. It's going to take a moment for all of this to actually solidify. Mm -hmm. So just keep going to Trump Tower and having a beer. I don't know. Like, they don't have a reason to actually ask me to leave. They could have, but they didn't. And I appreciate that because, like, I don't know. It's just, and I, I have that white privilege and I fucking leveraged the hell out of that shit. It's, it's a thing. You know? Like, I, <laughs> I do. Because they don't want my type there. Yeah. But I always say, like has to call out like. I mean, sometimes so, you have to cross that little border to kind of yeah. uh, spark up life a little bit. I can get a little, a little closer than some, so I just you, scoot you, up, make them uncomfortable, take up space, just be in the room. Just keep being in the room. That's mm-hmm. what we do, Marcus. That's all you do. That's no, the answer. No, that's the we just thing. keep being in the so, room. So one of my no, quick, nobody move. Right. We all just got here. Shh. One of my favorite things to, to do is, is like... <laughs> I had so McDonald's. My favorite, my favorite bar in the city right now is a League of Their Own. And yeah. I go there. I just go. It's a bar. Mm-hmm. It's a great bar. Great ambiance. They, they know us by first name. They have fabulous drinks. You come in. They have, a, they have a nice little game room downstairs with pictures. It's like a thing you do. Yeah. You just go in. Yeah, it's a cute place to hang right. out. Right. It's like, but that's the key, is you have to walk through the door as if it is any other door. Yeah. And you sit there, and you do what everybody else is doing. You understand the culture, and you say, okay, I am here this is what it is. I accept this point blank period as being as relevant as when I go to say, like, you know, say if I went to Cage Bird yeah. or if I went to DC9, whatever the culture is there. Yes. I just partake. And it's the simplest act that anybody up. can do. You just you show, show up. up and you do what people are doing. You don't make yourself feel uncomfortable you feel comfortable within that space and that's the hardest part for a lot of people or you get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable right i have anxiety it's like a new kind of anxiety it's not personal it's profound it's more like a global level of anxiety and it's new and i just i um i just let it be i'm like yep that's where we're at now Mm. you know that's where we're at right now my fiance has anxiety so i have to do like for me as a perspective who's um an extrovert he's like an introvert i think i'm doing yeah Yeah, so he's anxious and so, like, I am learning how to deal with that as well because, like, I'm a drag queen. Right. And I love attention and I like pushing boundaries and he's, mm-hmm. like, a shy little boy. Um, so, like, I understand. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's um, circumstantial and that it will pass in, like, four so to six years. Just a little few drinks <laughs> related, related question. Where's your favorite place to take up space in the city? 
Uh, well, pla- the place where you should not be that you love to go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was the best laugh. That was the best laugh. Was that a laugh? I'm not sure that was to a be laugh. Honest, it's any place that I don't make my own show because <laughs> it's it kind of makes me feel like I've reached a level where people will book me for my talent for what I bring on the table, <laughs> so and then I sneak tell in. Me, it. Tell me a quick story. We have like less than five minutes, but tell me a quick story of like the best time recently when you took up space where you like. I should not be here, but I'm here, and I'm just doing the thing. Uh, oh, yeah. So it was, um, uh, let's see. It was one of the, oh, it was at Freddy's when I first started, and it was my first time in, uh, like in drag starting back in. And so I did this whole pussy number, and I started throwing my um, dirty underwear at people, and it was saying all these crazy pussy words, and I was at Freddy's. And Freddy's is very, like, I guess, older crowd when I was there. When I was 18, they were like... You gotta tone down the pussy a little bit. So I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" You know, and I—that's I, what I'm saying. Like, I gotta learn from every venue what you had to do. Like other places, um, at the Eagle, like um, all these beautiful girls are looking gorgeous in their gowns, and I come out out of nowhere, pulling a balloon out of my ass, blow it up, and <gasps> pop it in front of someone, and then glitter all over, and they're like, "What? That's what's that smell? I smell Chipotle." And I'm like, "Winky face." So, oh my god, like, you that's are so real. <laughs> Thank you. No. I love it. That, yeah. Wow, that was a comment. You can take it as a compliment. I think that's a great thing to do, yeah. but yeah. it was just a comment. Wow. So, it's, it's, Observation. A beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Like, I Woo. feel like do it. we're doing this thing now where all of these wonderful clashes are happening. Yeah. And it's not about the clash, it's about the moment after. It's that second after mm-hmm. when, like, Everybody stops when the balloon bursts. I know, and then the glitter falls. That's what I love to do too. When I like, do all these <laughs> and crazy somebody shit. calls the health department, right, and then somebody's like, <laughs> "Yeah, uh, I saw that." I guess, <laughs> right? And then you you stop and you have that moment of like, where like the the middle ground comes, and you're like, yeah. "This is where we could both occupy space safely." Yeah. And you can get entertained and laugh and just Let's like negotiate. enjoy. Because I feel like with drag, it's like so imaginative. You're ready to watch either something beautiful or something that will scar you for life. <laughs> I mean, I never. You know, my best advice: I never sit in the front row in a drag show. Yeah, I don't even want to sit in the front three rows in a drag show. Yeah, you. Either. I have watched my friends get assaulted and molested sitting in the front row. Yeah, either like, um, I mean, with dragons, we can be a little handsy. But yeah, we either like, if you're on your phone, we pull you apart, we pick at you, we flirt with you. Yeah. And I mean, also for us, it's just kind of like build up the energy. It's very at the club, interactive. You know? It's interactive oh. theater, the original interactive theater, right? right? Drag. Because yeah. it's like, I feel like to close out. Experiential theater. That the most important thing about drag, especially in this generation, is that it's that level of experiential and everything about it is direct mm-hmm. in your face truly honest and connective yeah in a way that like at the t- uh, when you're done you feel connective in a different way yeah and you feel that that um uh, um adrenaline right like it's i don't know like for me like literally everything you literally said is how i feel um, i feel I, like drag queens are gatekeepers 
And when they perform, they give people permission to, to be really themselves. express themselves, I've had to be people, authentic. Yeah. I've had people who I've opened up doors for in the community. You're basically a worship leader, darling. <laughs> you take you. people to see the face Praise of goddess. the dick. Yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> it. But, um, I love it. But I've opened other people's, you know, uh, All who, the things. who have been expressed because of the, the show that I provided. And I've, I've told people, um, for me, the people like, I've, I'm happy with your space because I'm able to, I didn't know I'm, I was able to do this type of drag or this. And then I've I had other people um, who are my friends, like um, who is Bratwurst. Um, she's like an African American non-binary like woman performer. I'm sorry if I uh, if I say something wrong, no, but um, people come up to her like you inspire me as an African American performer. That um, and sometimes in drag, like I don't have to be beautiful. I can be this punk rock little um, devil, you yes. know. And for me, like I can be kind of like a crazy person and also be beautiful at the same time like we all learn from drag and it kind of um helps other people like you when you saw me at pictures um yes. to kind of like enjoy and see me like that's my type of bitch and i like it yeah i liked Amazing. it a lot yeah. so where can people see you next and where can people find you online uh, okay so you can follow me anywhere she was doing cartwheels with tits by yes, the way yes <laughs> cow tits cow tits and cartwheels Bugs and, and i was dildos like and babies. her in my chair. Thank you. I, I feel like with um, Desiree is like a, a, a blow-up doll that you can uh, imagine. So where are we going to see this blow-up doll next? Um, at Desiree Dick 69. It means uh, French woman, uh, Christian woman in French. Uh, I don't know French, but it's like Desiree Dick. So it's D-E-S-I-R-E-E-D-I-K 69. Best number in the world, you know. <laughs> It's one less than 70. Exactly. It's the more attention and the gooey gooeys. Oh, wow. <laughs> but you can follow me anywhere, really. Um, I kind of just create my own shows anywhere that I can find a place where I can invade and, uh, you know. What do you got for Pride this week? Put on my dildo for. But I do have the Red Brewing Company. I have a show on June 8th with Bombalicia, Winnie Gucci Goo, India Lorraine Houston, uh, Sears Prism. It's a, ba- a beer place near Noma. And then I have Slash Run, um, Oddball, uh, anywhere all the time there I'm a server uh, I perform there um, I also have a bingo at the Red Brewing Company I have like all these weird places Baltimore Eagle Insta. Metrosexual yeah just follow me on Instagram Desiree Dick 69 uh, and then Twitter and if you want to see you know more of my stupid tweets or something but follow me on Facebook and I do She's, birthday parties and weddings you're a funny bitch thank you I try to be it's it's fun. You're I, cute and odd and funny, just uh, the way oh, I like I like them. the mic. <laughs> oh okay, so on that note. <laughs> on that note. We're going to be finishing up here. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on uh, you know, Full Service Radio's uh, lovely website, fullserviceradio.org, MNDFCK. Uh, we're available across all streaming platforms. And uh, as we close this episode, we uh, have a, show, a song that we like to play. It's by a uh, friend of our show, uh, Mr. Aaron Abernathy. It's a song called Generation. It touches on all the themes that we talk about on this podcast. And have a good day. And a better tomorrow. Ciao, Bellas. Bye, guys.
Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.